My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me here at the beautiful Casa de Cold Coffee in Las Vegas. Yes. Where it is on January 10th, Thursday afternoon. I will say this. It is afternoon. A lot of times we sit down on Thursday night, but I am on vacation. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) So we're here today in the middle of the afternoon, and it is 61 degrees with a real field temperature of 65, whatever the hell a real field temperature <laughs> is, of 65 Giving degrees. You the feels. Giving you the feels. Oh, my goodness. We are just sitting at the Costa Cold Coffee. The green, window is open. Open, sunny. Now, when you said beautiful cold Casa de Cold Coffee, I think you're you're still mainly referencing the weather as opposed to the Sir, the, the, I, I, I am Casa around de the Casa de Cold Coffee, and I see a luxurious <laughs> swimming pool. I see palm trees. Yeah, there there are palm I trees. I mean, what about the what about the the, 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 the swing that's kind of got the busted tarp on top? I, I, I mean, that's there, that's there. But <laughs> let's not focus, too, let's not focus too much on the swing with the busted tarp. I mean, the the lights of the Las Vegas Strip. Are That's sparkling true. just over in the mm. distance. If you if you take a look over the barbed wire there, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> Luckily, the the Trump Tower is blocked by this uh, tree right here in the background. You can see that one. I mean, this is the luxurious <laughs> Casa de Cold Coffee. See, why, why live out on the edge of town when you can be in the town and see all these great sights? I mean, listen, you you got in when the getting was good, man. You found the prime <laughs> real estate. I had that to I buy. Did. I had to buy on the outskirts, my friend. <laughs> I didn't get to get in this luxurious yes. cold coffee living. You may or may not be able to tell. We've had a few frosty beverages already today mm, on this delicious frosty beverages. Thursday afternoon. Cold coffee is going with the old reliable, the award-winning, award-winning Pabst Blue Ribbon. Selected America's Best in 1893. What Can't are you be. drinking over there? I, on the other hand, have gone back to the Nimeroff. Honey pepper flavored vodka. Oh, giving it another go. I'm giving it another go. I've revisited since I have yeah. studied and learned about it. You know, it's made from only pure water, Whoa. chili pepper, and natural honey. I like all three of those things. It's from a recipe dating back to the 16th century. This intriguing blend of flavors is pure Ukrainian genius. Rich red chili peppers, delicious natural mm-hmm. honey, and herbs pulled from the Ukrainian grasslands. Who would have thought such a combination might be so delectable? They did. They've known it for centuries. Fill a glass, inhale the sweetness, the spice. Let it warm a touch in your hands. Now enjoy our handiwork. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Their handiwork. Some secrets are too good to keep. Wow. So I've Who revisited knew? the Who honey. Who knew that U- Ukraine was known for their chili peppers? The chili. The U- Everybody knows the Ukrainian <laughs> chili peppers. Man, have you ever had their salsa on street tacos? It's mm, amazing. It sounds good. Uh, listen, the, you get the honey pepper vodka. You throw in a little bit of uh, a little bit of sparkling water. Let the let the flavors kind of open up a little. Let the let the bouquet open up a little bit. Let the dilution, you know, sort of weaken it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it was in the refrigerator. I figured, let's go for it. Why not? Uh, it's good. No, I actually like it like this. It's 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 pretty good. I will say that the first visit I had with the honey pear vodka was not my favorite. But oh, I'm, I actually just pulled up the now. old Wikipedia. There's something called Hrilka is another one, and it's a peppered Hrilka with honey called Medova. Zippered some peppered meat or honey peppered. So honey pepper is and chilies is a is a see, thing over there. You see? Wow, who knew? Nimeroff. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was looking around. I was like, what's the next? I, I, don't, I, I don't. I like it. Nimrod. I was like, I don't, uh, I don't know any of that language. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I didn't know anything say. either. I know what either. to say? All right, well, listen. It is. Uh, I am on vacation this week, much like you recently took a little staycation, and we still got together for the 198th consecutive week. Even though I'm on staycation, we uh, we got together this week to do the MMA Roadshow. Uh, well, it helps is- at day drinking as well. So then you're getting <laughs> a little bit drink. of ba- you're getting a little bit of both. And day drinking. This is uh, it's a rare week, man. Non UFC and non Bellator week. Get it in now. Check this out. I looked at the schedule. Uh-huh. You know, in the next week, we get another week of no UFC and no Bellator. Mm, I'm gonna guess. May or June? Ah, okay. Now you went too far. April 6th, though. Oh. April 6th. That's still pretty close to May. 12 <laughs> weeks from now. 12 weeks wow. from now. So 12 straight weeks we'll have either a UFC or a Bellator. By the way, uh, and you might want to do this uh, while we're hanging out, I already put in vacation requests for that week, too. Oh. So you might want to be the second person to get that filed on the company website before anybody else does. Oh. Is there something? I'm just throwing that hint out there. you got to go well, into no, little... what, Well, what I noticed is that other people for our organization – right. Don't seem to care that they take vacation on. <laughs> I know, I know. I, listen, I mean, we're, we're a large enough organization. Does that mean now. Uh, does that mean we're going to go do something together? We're, are we going to take a trip together? Are we staycating together? I didn't. Pl- Maybe we could. I didn't <laughs> think that we could do MMA Roadshow on vacation. Like both of us on vacation. That we would be just, crazy. We should just actually take a road trip somewhere. That's what we should do. Like Cali or somewhere in Vegas? Or no, no, it's got to be further like, than Cali. It's got to be further than Cali. Wow, like a real trip. I was thinking you could say like Laughlin or something. It's gotta be. Somewhere. I hear Laughlin's kind of cool though. I've never been down there. All right, so let's. Yeah, why don't we do <laughs> MMA Roadshow on vacation? That, that could be an idea. I'll, I'll look at the days. All right, I'm down. Maybe we could get an MMA personality to come with us. Ooh, you're our personality. Oh, it's true. I mean, another MMA personality. You're like a fighter, or a coach, or somebody we know, uh, or okay. uh, maybe another journalist. Whoa. I don't know. It'd be a non-USC, non-Bellator week. We could make it like. This could be fun. Sorry. All right. Something to think about. File that away. We'll keep that. I something will say this. And then maybe we can have some of the roadies joining us. We could oh. maybe try it out. Then maybe, you know, like Junkie has its gathering. Right. Why, why don't we have a uh, what we pit crew meeting? What would we call it? <laughs> <laughs> a pit crew or something. We've got to come up uh. with some, some name where we can all get together. But why not? I mean, I love uh, most of the guys that uh, that listen to us are junkies, and sure. they go to do the junkie gathering. Sure. But I don't see why like not. A smaller portion there of there might junkies. be a finer, better looking portion of the regular junkies that you know have taken their are. time to listen. Much to more us. refined. Much more refined. You know, they would understand the the, the flavors of a, of a Ukrainian chili pepper and a honey pepper. Gotta vodka. love that Nimrod. In fact, I didn't even know there were bees in the Ukraine. There's bees all around the world. All around. I thought they were Unfortunately, more like. Unfortunately, they? I thought they were more like. Uh, I think they're tropical I, climates. No, because I mean, whatever yeah. happened to the killer bees that were supposed to take our whole society and uh, just murder them all? They all had mixed babies with a bunch of other breeds, and they've kind of dumbed them down. I think. I mean, I, I know they did a lot of fumigating in some of the the towns, but that sort of shit usually works its way out. You know, the 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 predators on those sort of things can take them out, but who knows? Maybe there's a lot of fat and happy birds <laughs> on the border that ate a lot of, <laughs> ate a lot of, them. ate a lot of juicy killer bees. But um, we'll figure that out. I will say this: I'm not we should, have, we should. I think it'll be fun. We got to figure something out because well, there's no USC, no Bellator, so yeah. we can both sneak off the schedule and nobody will get too mad at us. And maybe we can figure something out. I will say this though: when I say that, I am not complaining about 
12 straight weeks of USC or Bellator. I'm, I'm down for it. Uh, and, and, I'll, and I want to get into more of that later because I have kind of a funny story. Uh, I do want to say a, a little personal before we get too deep into the MMA. Uh, I Basically, again, I just took staycation. I mean, it's early January. I just want to take a few days off. I never used all my vacations, so I figured to hell with it. Yeah. I'll burn a few days. Um, I did make one big decision. I have completely cut the cord, which means you have completely cut the cord because <laughs> because because Cole Coffee used to log into my Directv account every now and then when he, when needed. Uh, but I but I, it's funny because I used it on because like toward the jump ahead because you said you cut the cord, but I used your login to use apps that were already off the court, right? You know, off you know what do they call it uh, over the top. Oh, so you know, yeah, oh, that's right. So you didn't that way you didn't have to get the individual yeah, app exactly. Okay, so here's so here's the thing. So I've completely cut the cord. Um, now, I actually went with DirecTV Now, which right. is interesting. So if anybody's out there shopping, I went with DirecTV Now. And I, I think this is a little bit relevant for MMA fans because, I mean, so much of MMA, right? ESPN right. Plus, zone. I mean, much of our sport is now going to be basically only online. So right. I finally made the decision to just hell with it. You know what? I'm going to make this decision. Uh, I went with DirecTV Now, which I found kind of funny because, I mean, if you think about it, I was, I was with DirecTV. I was probably paying like 160 a month. I'm essentially getting more or less and that the was same internet? programming. Or your uh, internet no, was separate. that's just yeah, oh, my internet wow. is separate. So yeah, my internet is through. Uh, so Cops. you had literally like every fucking channel. I had literally every channel. Like that is a lot. But I still get a lot of channels now, like almost most of them. I think like 80 channels or something like that. And now it's like 80 bucks a month. But I'm not paying any of the equipment, rental fees, like the boxes, all that stuff. That's the shit you don't even realize that you're paying like whatever it is, I know. 12, 13, 17 dollars a month, and you're like, wait a second, what's this extra 30 bucks that yes. you're paying? And it's just on their fucking I box. looked at my bills like 50 yeah. bucks a month in just equipment. I'm essentially getting almost the same programming. Wow. So for just the gear. I, so I hit and, and a big shout out to my mom. Uh my mom hooked it up with some money over the holidays and she said, "You know what? John, I don't know what the hell you would want. Go get what you want." So I went and bought some 4K Apple TVs to uh to throw the fourth oh. generation around my house because I got multiple TVs and everything. Uh, so shout out to the mom for making Do you that even happen. Have a 4K TV? No, but you need the fourth generation because like ESPN Plus, for instance, doesn't work if you have an old Apple TV. Because I had an old, I had two oh. old like the first generation you Apple TVs. You are so on brand when yeah. it comes. Yeah, oh, bro, dude. Yeah, you know, like you know, there's things out there like not to just throw them out, but like Roku. I love Rokus. I got like an older version of Roku, but the the Amazon Fire Sticks and all that sort of stuff. But so I guess I'm off brand when it comes to that thing with like the Roku. But I love my Roku, and it's. I think it's at a fraction of a cost. It's not quite it is. as much no, it's, as the it's new. No, it's way less. I will say yeah. this. You're, you're right about that. The Rokus are less. In fact, I actually bought a Roku for a buddy of uh, mine, a good friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, in fact. Uh, I bought him that, and I bought him a subscription to ESPN Plus because him and I used to work in the restaurant business together. He was, In fact, he was my mentor uh, through my restaurant days and all that, and he's actually the godfather to my, to, to my son. Um, but I don't know that he would pay for a subscription to ESPN Plus, but he yeah. watches the fights like sometimes, yeah. so – I bought him a Roku, and I bought him a year subscription to ESPN+. Plus. I was That's like, nice. hey, this way you can still watch the fights. Um, so they're way cheaper. I will say, I do like the Apple products. As you said, I have an iPhone, I have a MacBook, and I have Apple TVs, and I like it because, dude, they all just they, – they, they work together, right. like, instantly. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, literally, like, you go and you plug in your Apple TV – and you pull up your computer or whatever, and it's like, hey, do you want us to use the existing settings? It's like, yes, boom. All passwords are done. Every, you know, it's convenient. It's yeah. easy. So anyway, that's why I stuck with it. But I will say this. Um, I know you had cut the cord before, but I guess I guess I want to share my experience because, yeah. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I, for the longest time, probably – I probably could have done this a long time ago, to be honest with you. But because MMA is shifting over to it, I finally decided it was the time to do it. I will say this. 
Um, it does change the way you watch things to a degree, um, at least for me. The DirecTV now only has like a 20-hour a, a DVR for now. I did see that, but it, but it is free. When I'm, I just it's, I just pulled up free. a little thing. So you, it's, wait, it did say it, the DVR is free. It's a beta version. It yeah. says, but it's free. But now, does it? I was reading this thing. It says included 20 hours for 30 days. Can you only keep something on there for 30 days? Nah, I have yet to figure that out because I'm not 30 days in yet. But okay. here, here, so here's here's one thing that makes it tough because. I guess what I was used to was I don't watch that much TV. I'll be honest with you. I, I really I'm mean, so busy and we travel a lot and whatever. But um, what I was used to was just having like I would like DVR stuff and have yeah. it build up, and then like it's just sitting there. You know, like I would have like multiple episodes of multiple shows of whatever, right. and it's kind of like binge watching, right? But it's there listed for you. Right. You know, like you just pull up, bloop. You know, pull up the main menu and you're like, oh yeah, that right. sounds good. That is one thing that I noticed with cutting the cord and not having that big DVR base or whatever, like. You kind of got to go seek out the program right. that you want. But one thing you'll notice difference, at least what I noticed, I went uh, the Sling TV route. Okay. So we have the, the what is it, blue and the orange. We have, like, all the Sling TV thing, and we added the the DVR. I know this is sounding like a uh, uh, cable commercial well, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we don't want to go too tech, but, but, it's, but I do think it's relevant. Like, it I is, thought it was it worth is. sharing because – this is the way everything's shifting. Right. And I do like the fact that now with like Sling, I get Access TV, which I didn't have before. So I've been watching more of like the, the different mm. fighting stuff. I've actually been That's picking big. up more like New Japan New wrestling Japan and wrestling, some other shit that, that we saw on. Well, you showed it to me on the road, and I fucking love it. And I've been actually now, I've been DVRing. You're going to fucking laugh at me. I've been DVRing the, uh, the Raw and the SmackDown. <laughs> and I actually just caught up on the old issue yeah, or today because uh, the one Becky Lynch. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, but one of the things uh, that I do think is pretty incredible with this, and, and I'll leave it on this, is that when you have DVR in the old cable boxes, you have to be there in front of your box accessing the D the hard drive on the on the box. Mm -hmm. I can access my DVR, my Sling TV, on an app on my phone or on my That's computer true. anywhere I'm at. Anywhere yet. If you're on it's the road, it's all cloud based. Yep. Like that is fucking game changing. Like true. So if you travel you know I mean? a lot. So if you travel and you want to be able to, like I thought it was one of the great things when Netflix started allowing you to download stuff to your phone. Like, that's incredible. So, say if you're on a flight or say if you're on a long road trip somewhere, the fact that you they now allow you to short-term download stuff. So, I think everything's sort of going the way now that things are more of these cloud-based. But that's one of the best things I thought about, like, the whole Sling TV. And I'm sure DirecTV maybe it allows you to do the same yeah. thing, um, which is game-changing. But, yeah, I like it. I, I think we, we cut the cord a while ago. But, I mean, I like just the fact that now that while I don't have all the excess frill channels, I get more stuff that now has – more fight shit. Yep. So I'm getting more fight shit for it that they've kind of uh, embraced some of these niche things. I think they realize that they're sort of a niche thing getting bigger. So I think they embrace, embrace the fringe a little bit better. So the fact that it had access TV and some of the other things was, was one of the things that actually drew me towards I it as it. well. I, I, so. I will say one, one big drawback is, uh, and this is something, again, if you're shopping out there and think, check what uh, local channels you have. Because yep. DirecTV Now, I didn't realize does not have local Fox. Right. Now, you can just get an antenna and pick up Fox. That's what I have right in the window so, right behind you. All right, so I don't have an <laughs> antenna. I, I need to pick one yeah. up. Um, basically, I ended up watching a very large portion of the Cowboys-Seahawks game right. uh, in Spanish. Interesting. Uh, yes, because it was on. Uh, it, it, oh, that means I'll lose my NFL network connection because that was you. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you have it now through your DirecTV now, though, don't you? You can still order the Sunday ticket if you want. Oh, you're just saying the NFL Network? The NFL, yeah, the NFL Network app because the, Ooh, the standalone network NFL Network app, like that's on like this Roku. Yeah. Um, sometimes depending on what the channel is, actually, it'll make you log in. So say if it was on CBS, sometimes it'll make you log in if you have like the CBS All Access, right, or something. Yeah, but you have to. In- I can literally pull up all the games that are playing throughout the day on really? the NFL Network app. You just have to pass credentials. And some of those days depend on what the channel is. So I've used your login. I've used my uh, CBS one. It's the fucking greatest thing ever. Okay, it's just a little talking. bit of a delayed. Yeah, yeah. So it's like streaming. Yeah, so it might, be, it might be like five minutes. It yeah, might be five minutes after or whatever. But I'm telling you, they're putting everything out there. Whereas like maybe a year or two ago, you wouldn't you wouldn't find half the shit that you're seeing streaming. I'm gonna out make there right the re- now. I, now I'm, look, I'm only a couple weeks into it, but I'm gonna make the recommendation now. I'm just telling everybody, if you were scared to do it, do it, man. I just I literally just saved like eighty bucks a month. Yeah, and I have not. There's a couple little hiccups here and there, as yeah. you said, a little. You got to change the way you find stuff. You got to change the way yeah. you tune into stuff. There will be a little bit of an adjustment period, and and probably within that two weeks, I'm still in yeah. that adjustment period. But every MMA thing you want is available, yeah. And and of course now again with with them shifting over to ESPN Plus with the zone so much Bellator. Con- I mean, 2019, man. I think if there's ever a time that you were you're a, you're a hardcore MMA fan, you were thinking about cutting the cord, man. <coughs> just do it. Yeah. I even got like with mine, I even got HBO and Showtime cheaper than I used to get them through like yeah. iTunes or whatever. I think you know, we so might it's... I think we might do the HBO one just cuz well, now Game of Thrones is coming up soon and I want I need to get to that whole Westworld season 2 mm, that I never got Westworld. to. I love that I like one. real sports, man. Real sports true, is a great true, show. True what's that one? True Detective. There's never another one that. I watched the first some of the first season I thought was pretty pretty spectacular. I think they're in the third season now. So. Um that's but our, it is. That's our that's my PSA for the week. Yeah, I'm and and, it, Cut and the it's cord, true. Guys. It's save it. your money. It's crazy because when you yeah, – I know a lot of people talk about it a lot of times. Once you start adding up the cost of all the apps, you're like, wait, I'm spending just as much as I was. But you're getting the content that you want. You're not getting hell, uh, you know, that fucking hundred channels of music that you never actually listen to. I'm saving to 80 bucks a month. I'm saving 80 bucks That's a lot of money to yeah. be saving. You that, know? that you were just not using for anything. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about the biggest news of the week. Jason Knight was released by the UFC. I just saw that. That's the biggest news right there. That's the that's at least the most heartbreaking news. That's heartbreaking. That's I get it, man. He lost four in a row. Um, some of those were some great fights, man. Yeah. And, and um, I, I mean, I'm not. It's it's not shocking to me. I, I knew no. after his last not fight. When, not that when it you could throw happen. it like that. When you throw the the just the numbers out there. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. You can't argue with it. But. I mean, let's be real. I mean, we homer for the dude. Hell like, yeah, we I homer mean, for him. We're definitely <laughs> team him. Um. Uh, but it sucks. I mean, like we've seen it multiple times where guys that you really, really like and you have an affinity for, it's like you want them to just be able to stick. We've seen other guys lose four fights in a row and still are they are they cutting Carlos Condit? Is he going to be the next one that we're going to hear? And they're going to be like, oh, sorry. I mean, they need to fucking stop giving BJ fights. I mean, God love him to death, but that in that four in a row for <laughs> BJ as well. My, my son was playing UFC 3 last night. My yeah. six-year-old son was playing UFC 3 last night. And he was flipping through the characters, and he was just looking for people. And BJ Penn popped up. He's like, "He's old. How is he in the UFC?" I was like, wow. oh. "I was like, oh no, oh no." That wouldn't that be awesome if you could unlock something and they had like the younger versions of it? Like there was the BJ oh, current version, great, man. and then there was like BJ Prime oh, version. That'd be awesome. You Dude, know, they should definitely do that for the next one. 
You know, that yeah, would be they got really like, killer. Yeah, like Vandalay, Rampage, Croak. I mean, they got a lot of legends in there, but they don't have like Prime Era. Because yeah, and that's the thing. And they would be like super boosted. They would just would like cool. fucking like it. Just like when you had to like, I'd never played it much, but you, you when you unlocked um, the Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not sure if he just demolished dudes or if he was like amped up. It'd be like if you were able to play Mike Tyson's Punch Out and you got to activate Tyson as your fighter oh, and awesome. go through or whatever. I'm not but a they huge gamer, but that would be dope. Like, that would be dope. I mean, I'd love it if you had, like, vintage, you know, shit even now, like Anderson in his prime, you know, when he was just literally yeah. destroying everybody, you yeah. know? where So, like, when they have, like, like the overall fighter ratings, and just put it, like, like, 99. Yeah. They would just be 99s, you know? That's <laughs> just so, they demolish should totally people. do that. That wouldn't be hard if you already – now, I get it. Like, it's hard if you're talking about getting guys that you don't own the rights to or that you haven't right. gotten – but if you already own the rights to them, but all those them, cats are already if in. If you already it. own the rights to them, I'm sure you can make them whatever you want like to make Chuck them. Like Chuck Liddell, right? 99 rated Chuck Liddell back in the day when he was just destroying dudes. That would be sick. Why have they not done that yet? You know, I don't. Well, th- they I, do listen. They EA <laughs> listens to us quite. <laughs> I was say. They listen to us so much that they're probably uh, working on right now, and they're going to call that the Legends Legends mode or oh something. Oh my god! <laughs> that you guys can use that Legends mode. It's an Horrible memories future. of the time that EA Sports wanted to kill us. <laughs> uh, no, just real quick on Jason Knight, I will say, you know, he was talking about uh, going to Ryzen, uh, which would be great for him or whatever. But um, I will say that would be good. I will say this: I think guys like Jason Knight, who are definitely exciting fighters, who's only 26 years old, who definitely has plus side. I mean, he's got personality. He's yeah. got. He, he's an exciting fighter. Um, I do think there's a quicker way back to the UFC for them now. You know, with with what's happening with Fight Pass, with the way they're ramping up, man. You know, I saw Chase Sherman the other day fight on Island Fights. You know, I mean, there's wow. another guy that you know, and he's already booked again to fight on Island Fights. I mean, I think those guys that are kind of staying under the Zufa umbrella, so right. to speak. You know, by staying on that right. that way, they're still collecting your footage. They're still, you know, I think that's a quick way back. I think if if guys are anxious yeah. to get back to UFC, I would say, you know probably take a look at those organizations that are being broadcast on Fight Pass and look at them as ones um, of ways to make the quick rise to the top. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like uh, an unofficial developmental deal, so yeah. to speak, you know? Well, you know that there's UFC money throwing that company's way as well. Exactly. So if anything else, you know, you know that there's some money going into an organization. Um, but I agree, that's, that's not a bad route, but... You're right. I mean, like, he's still a young enough guy that he can go away, even if it was for a year or two, get some good, solid victories, you know, keep that name about him. And I think, yeah, if he keep under, you know, keep on the radar some some way, then I don't see why he wouldn't be back in the No, I agree. He's got personality. He's got skills. So uh, he just needs to shore up a little bit of the deficiencies. All right, let's do talk about some of the big headlines, though. Uh, Colby Covington, let's start there. He gets passed up instead. Was he upset about something? I, I believe he may be a little bit upset. I feel like he was upset about something recently. Well, you know, you may not have heard this cold coffee, <laughs> but it turns out he will not be fighting for the title. Instead, we get what? T- but he was told that he was going to fight for it. I know this is shocking. I'm breaking news. I don't. To you here. I don't get it. I don't get it. Instead, we're getting Tyron Woodley versus Kamara Usman. Um, I will say. I'm torn on this one in a couple of ways, and, and I'll, I I want to get you, because I know that you're never one to give the UFC too much credit when you don't have to. Um, I, I will say, look, Kamaru Usman does, I mean, you can make a case, right? I mean, he's the guy that's been more active. Yeah. He's the guy that's saying, I'll fight anywhere, anytime, give me who you got. You know, So I understand the case for Kamaru Usman. When we stood at the Palms uh, in front of Dana White after the Ultimate Fighter finale, and Dana White said, you know what? After a performance like that, I'm leaning towards Kamaru. I think that's yep. who I want to see right now. I do understand that. That said, 
Colby had the interim belt, man. You gave him the interim title shot. You gave him that. He was there. He had his his spot, and 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 I I don't just, I don't think it's fair to just blow that off. Even if you yeah. say Kamaru's more deserving, it's like, well, you came up with this interim title and you made this interim title fight, and you gave it. So so he needs to be there now. And, and the last thing I want to throw in here is. I do think Colby Covington made a mistake, and I, I, I look forward to well, well, we'll talk about that. He may have made some more Which mistakes. One? <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about prior to this because here's the thing: is that in the in in the people that I talked to behind the scenes and everything that I was hearing, when Dana White came out and said, "Listen, Kamaru Usman is going to be in a welterweight title fight at you know on Las Vegas or on, on March 3rd in Las Vegas, or is it March 2nd, 3rd, anyway, you know what I'm talking about in March in Las Vegas." He's going to be in a title fight. I just don't know who the other side is going to be. Now, to me, and I later confirmed with people behind the scenes, what that meant was, and that I always thought it meant, was that if Tyron Woodley is not willing to show up, he will be, lose his title, and we will do Covington versus Usman for the welterweight title. And Covington kept digging his, you know, his heels in and saying, I only want to fight Tyron Woodley. And Tyron was saying, I only want to fight Colby. Now, I don't know how they finally got Woodley to say, I'll fight Kamaru. And I look forward to talking to Dana about that. I, I, I have requested interview time with him. Um, I've asked if maybe I can talk to him in Las Vegas on Monday or Tuesday of next week. I've asked if I, if not, if I can get him in Brooklyn next week. If not that, I've asked if, if he can at least do a scrum. So I'm trying – I want to get the answer. How did we get there? But where I think Colby – screwed up was I think if Colby had just said I just want to fight for a title and I don't care who it is I think we would have had Usman versus Covington for the welterweight title and Woodley would have been stripped of his belt to be honest with you so with all that said where and then we'll get into the aftermath but this initial thing where do you where do you where do you feel on it because I'm I'm torn I think the UFC is wrong in that why give Colby a title an interim title, and then not let him fight for the real title. I think that's wrong. However, if Colby wasn't willing to accept, I understand the UFC has to make other decisions. And Kamaru is that guy behind the scenes that's just been saying, mm -hmm. and, and in front of the scenes, saying, dude, just give me the fight. I don't care who. I don't care when. So right. What, what's right? What's wrong here? What, what's, what's, how does this one impact you? Well, I think you, you're, you're still giving uh, value to this interim belt like it's a real thing. Right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Which, you know uh, – we all wanted to, and at one point the UFC made it seem like it was a real thing, and then we've seen recently where it's just a placeholder for some reason. Um, I, I guess I go uh, – you make a good argument. I mean, uh, you're right. When when it comes to wanting these belts to mean something, it does mean something that you need to actually give the person that had a belt the chance to either get the real belt. I mean, like, why give somebody a belt – Take it away from him, never get a chance to defend it. I mean, it makes sense. Like, all right, let's let's get this thing out. Like, if there's two wrongs that are sort of out there, one being that this interim belt was taken away and was never given a chance, and another one being, say, with Usman, who's went the route of being the backup guy. He was supposed to get a he was supposed to get a title shot, didn't get a title shot. And then all of a sudden, starting to give other guys, and he's fighting to get back up. You know, and we had issue with the fact that it was like. All right, you know, you, you say this guy is possibly fighting for a title tomorrow, but then afterwards, no, he's he's just back in the mix. Yeah. You know, I think he earned his shot there as well, and I think 
you know, we, we talked about it last week, you know, that that's a fight that I think means more for the division when it when it comes to two guys that I think a lot of people have uh, probably laid their thoughts on. These are two guys that can actually do a lot of good work. You know, they have a lot of question mark. Colby, he's a guy that he brings a lot of eyes to it and he talks a great game. But I think a lot of people think when you pair him up against Tyron or you pair him up against Usman, that the other two are going to be able to have their way when it right. comes to controlling the pace where the fight goes, using their wrestling. So a lot of people weren't really interested in, in that particular fight outside of the fact that there's so much heat and there's so much shit talking going right. on. And just like we said last week, when it comes to wanting to make money and want to get eyeballs, clearly Colby and Tyron was the fight to make. It was. You know, it almost feels that the UFC almost had a moment of, of waking up to a, a degree, and I, I will argue in the other way, where they're like, hey, let's not just play out to, you know, getting the most hit. Let's play one that maybe makes sense for the division in the, in the terms of Kamaru's been promised it in, in the, you know, in the past. He's a great fighter. I think this is a fight that could be very, very interesting and maybe one that's actually a little bit more challenging for both particular fighters. But on the same sense, you know, you can't get away from the fact that this guy was an interim title holder and you stripped it for no apparent reason. Well, there was a reason, but it was one time. Right. One time. It wasn't like, right. hey, I showed up for a fight and I called off multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It happened one time. The guy deserves. And on that case, I guess if you had to lay a hierarchy down to, you know, I guess what should be, if somebody's given an interim title hold belt, was stripped for some whatever, and especially this one was a medical reason, and he's never had a chance, that should get pecking order, and that gives at least value to the fact that there is an interim title holder. But the the fact that Kamaru, you know, the way that they did what they did, and they kind of set this up themselves. They, they kind of shot themselves they in the really foot. They really did. They really did. Didn't this whole, like, you're going to be the backup guy. You might be fighting. That doesn't happen, and then you just drop him back into the rankings. Like, that makes no fucking sense either. Like, the guy was going to be possibly fighting for a title. So I get it that he is deserving. And for somebody to say that he's not deserving, that's just ridiculous. He's deserving. He's I know, definitely deserving. I know people of, don't like him. Right. But that's that. you've got to take that out of the equation. Yeah. You've got to take your personal feelings out of the equation. Right. And, and especially, like, I don't get it why people are so – there's so much hate because of maybe a couple of things he says, but – Fighters say stupid shit or say shit that's taken out of context all the time. You just got to get over it. I mean, yeah. like, I don't see why somebody particularly has beef. Maybe because they're like, oh, he's always comes off, you know, a standoffish in his interviews or whatever. But, you know, I've seen that in interviews, but I've also seen times where he's very giving or whatever. So it's like you can't really just let the last interview or whatever that you've seen weigh on what you think about this guy. Look at his overall body of work and the guy's done work, you know. Um but of course, we like heat. We like the 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 views that they get and all that other stuff. So it's like a Kamaru and Colby. I'm sorry, a, a Tyron and Colby would probably do better numbers. I agree. But when we said it last week, I felt like this fight made more sense for the division because these were the two, what I think are the two best guys in the division. I like Colby, and I think Colby does very well against a lot of guys but if i had to pick him between either one of those two opponents i have a feeling that their skill set would outweigh his overall so i think this is truly a match of the two best guys in the division maybe not maybe the most deserving because 
one guy, like you said, was an interim. And I feel like I'm repeating myself. I'm doing the Mike Bond. I'm going back and back. But it's <laughs> this. these are the two best guys in the division they are. fighting for the belt, and you can't hate on that. It's a great fight. It's you a know? great fight. It's, it's a great it fight. Sucks. I just, it sucks I feel for bad Colby. For Col- all right, so I feel bad for Colby. I know a lot of people hate Colby. You and I don't necessarily hate Colby. I uh, like him. I, I like mean, Colby. He, he talks and a lot of crazy shit. But he talks crazy. You know? And I think maybe that's what people need to realize, too, is like he's definitely playing a character. And I don't I don't think we're necessarily peeling back a curtain here that people don't know. I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I mean, the guy shows up early to interviews. He's incredibly polite. He's You know what I mean? He's punctual. He's all He, he does all these things right. It's just when you turn the camera on. Lights, camera, action. That's it, man. Then it's on. When, dude, when the, when the red light comes on, dude, and he knows it's rolling, you're getting the character, man. You're getting the character. But it served him well. That's how he gets paid, man. That's how he gets noticed. So I feel bad for him because he earned his spot here. There's no question about it. Uh, and I feel bad for Colby. I will say this. I do not think what he's doing right now, going scorched earth with the USC and Dana White, is necessarily the best choice for his future, unless and, he really does say like I'm just sick of this and I'm out, but I I, I think he's going to make more money in the UFC than he will anywhere else, right? And I think he's got to be real careful because now we, while we just said it's lights, camera, action, and I think anybody in the UFC knows that because dude, listen, he is professional behind the scenes. He is buttoned up. He is polite. He right. does. I mean, the way he handles himself behind the scenes is incredible, and I don't think you'll find people that will talk bad about him. Yeah. I think they understand it's performance art to yeah. a degree as well. That said, when you're like, you know, F you, Dana White, you ain't got the balls to cut right. me, stuff like that, like, that ain't going to work. Yeah, you know what would be super gangster? Like, and if we don't know him, like, this could be just like a mastermind of Kobe. What if he's like, Dana, let me talk to you. I'm about to go like completely balls to the wall on social, but I'm giving you a heads up. This is me just talking shit, keeping the dream alive and keeping the heat out there. But you know it ain't personal. It's just business. And Dana's got thick skin, dude. He does. He does. But Dana hasn't chirped back at That's all. That's what I'm saying. So maybe he, he hasn't chirped back at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, "Yo, D Dub, you know how we both love Trump? I got to. I got. Let's have a. Let's have a little heart to heart. I'm about to throw mad flame at you. Just don't respond." It's not real, but I want to just keep it out there. And I can see Dana like, "Do all you?" Right. He's always he's always been like, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reel these guys in. It's not my job to kind of whatever." I wouldn't be fucking surprised. The fact that there I'm has been that. lack, I'm of, feeling that that there has been lack of Dana saying shit about it. I just feel that. like I wouldn't be surprised if he was like Dana, just take it in stride. I'm just playing the part. I'm feeling that. You might you know? be 100 percent right. It makes more sense. It makes more sense than him really doing something that would really jeopardize. Because you're right. It does seem like, whoa, slow down, Colby. But it'd be as simple as a f- simple little text or a phone call to Dana. I'm like, I got I to gotta respond to this. I know you're going to do whatever you're going to do. He was. The, he played the company man when they took it. He was like, I understand, yada, yada, yada. I guarantee, I don't know. It just feels I don't know. That could be like all just like completely play, but when you think about it, it's like, well, that's not really, that's not too far out of left field for something simple like that. The fact that there's lack of Dana something there. really responding to it. I think there's something there. But Well, I've got the, hey, I've got the request into Dana because there's questions. Yeah. There's questions here. You know, how did we get here? Where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, so I've got the request in. Yeah. Let's see what happens. It does, it does. I would like to see 
with the fact of these interim belts, there be some real substantial value to these things. They need to get back. The, the UFC have shot themselves in the foot that they just throw these random, uh, you know, interim belts to, to save a, a pay-per-view, to have two title fights, whatever, to, 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 to do that and then to just strip it away for no for something that doesn't seem as equal value. Uh, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. they got to stop that. you got to give value back to these things. You're trying to sell your pay-per-view like, hey, you got to watch this. This is an interim fight. You know, the this, this, this. And then for you to just plainly strip it away and then not really give it that value. I agree. It's just, it's just BS. I agree. I mean, and at just... some point, people are just going to get sick of it. I mean, look, if uh, – I mean, okay, how about this? What if they said, hey, we're doing Tyron Woodley versus Kamaru Usman, but Colby's still the interim champion. You know what I mean? But we decided – that we're not going with the interim champion right now. I mean, I know that would be weird to have a, a, a you know a champion out there and an interim champion at the same time. They've never done it though, right? They've never done it, and yeah. I get why because you want to call that one guy the undisputed champion. Right. I, I and I get that, but honestly, I think I'd rather have an a, 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 an interim champion lingering out there and just say, well, the timelines got a little bit off. We've got to work to this unification title. Yeah. Some t- you know what but I mean? But he's already defended his belt since he's been back, so it's almost like. You can't. It's not like it'd be True. one thing if like Tyron, this was his first fight coming back. Then I could see. But once he steps in the cage and defends the belt, everything else should be null and void. It's just unfortunate that it didn't take place with the interim. They just took the interim right. and said but like that's what I'm saying. So leave the guy know? with the interim title and say, hey, we're working towards that interim title shot. But then you can't. Call, you'd have to call it the the disputed welterweight champion. You know, like they can't fucking say that. <laughs> Bruce Bruce be like the uh. Uh, uh, slightly, dis- slightly <laughs> asterisk version of the welterweight belt. That's fair. You know. That's fair. Well, maybe uh, yeah. Maybe my idea is stupid. I just I don't know. But uh, but I hate the idea of just giving it to him and ripping it away and just acting like it's meaningless. Yeah, you'd almost think that they would just be first in the pecking order to get the next shot. <laughs> that stuff normally just works itself out. Bizarre. All right. Well, hopefully we can get some clarification for Dane on that. And hopefully. Uh, I saw a report out there. I think that uh, they were discussing Colby Covington and Darren Till for London. I think that would make for a solid a fight there. Probably a probably solid a number he- one contender. Pro- probably a headliner in London. It's London, a fight night. Of course. Yeah, it's a fight night. I think that that'd be that'd be a good headliner, right? Yeah, I mean, boy, that'd be it. That would be good. Where I would date, you lean if you I had to, if you had to lean right now? Covington. You think so? Yeah, I think so too. Maybe. So. Even though D- Till is just such a big dude, he is huge. He would, I think, tower He's over huge. Colby. He's huge. Oh, Colby's not a big 170. No, not at all. Colby, Col- he doesn't have much fat on him, but he He's looks thick. like he could cut down to 155 if he yeah. had to. Yeah, if he had to. Boy, wouldn't that be something? That'd Colby be a good fight. Oh, the pre-fight buildup between those two. Yeah, that would be good. Ooh. I dig it. I'm okay Did, with that. Didn't Darren sort of call him a chirp on him a little bit? Yeah, which Because I thought Colby said – maybe yeah, did Colby said, say something about Till and that's why it went? Or? Yeah, which makes me think they're building that up behind the scenes. And I, yeah. and I do think that would make sense. They don't have a main event for that fight card yet. It makes sense. Boy, I guess, imagine I guess that. it's a nice consolation Colby prize. running in there with the flag, America, fuck you, we beat you before, you know, I'm going to put you back in your place. Dude, it, that would be awesome. I would I would be all in on that. Oh, just will, just for that he the will fight piss promotion, off I can all see of it. England. England, he literally, yeah. Be ready. It would be like Brazil. Be like, ready. Like, dude, can I? He's got to like. You got to find him in a secret room somewhere if you want to interview him <laughs> afterwards, because they're gonna rush him out of the venue. So true. So true. All right. Uh, the other one, and it's on the same now card. Now I want that. Now I, now I, I want know, that right? Hard. I'm telling you. Now you think about it. I, I dig it. I want and that. then you, and then you hope 
Because look, I mean, I mean, you can do, you know, if that four is like a like a playoff. I mean, the only the only way it probably doesn't work is if Woodley wins and Till wins because you don't. I mean, why do we need to go see that fight again right away? Yeah. But if if Usman wins, he can fight either guy. Yeah. And if Woodley wins and Covington wins, you got that. There's yeah. only one solution out of that that yeah. doesn't work as like a semifinal bracket, you know? That's true. Let's do it. All right. The other one, John Jones, Anthony Smith on the same card, by the way. How great is that card going to be in UFC? Um, John Jones, Anthony Smith. Uh, first of all, I just want to throw it out there. So hyped for Anthony Smith, man. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. Uh, not a news story if you're a longtime listener to the MMA Roadshow, but – uh, I, 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 I just have to tell it again. Uh, uh, Casey Steinman hit me up on Twitter the other day when this title shot got announced, and he was like, man, that reminds me of your old bar story, man. You know, he, he told you. He told you he was going to be there, and now it's time. It's so true. For anybody that hasn't heard, and I'll make it quick, but April 4th, 2010, uh, I was in an airport flying home from a commentary gig I had done at an M1 Global show. Uh, me and Mike Strocker were on the call. And uh, Anthony Smith walked up to me, again, no shock to anybody, but I was in the bar uh, putting down a couple <laughs> frosty beverages. And Anthony Smith he walked up to me. He knew where to find me. you. He knew where to find me. He walked up to me, and he said, hey, listen, I just want to introduce myself. You know, John Morgan, I know who you are. I want to introduce myself. My name is Anthony Smith, uh, and I just want to say hello because you're going to be covering me in the UFC, and I just want to give you a heads up so you know to look out for me, which is like, all right, cool, man, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, that happens a lot, you meet regional fighters, and I dig it, dude, like, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to put anybody down that does it, I love it, when a regional fighter or something like that says, bro, I just wanted to introduce you, you know, keep an eye out for my name, you know, you'll know you saw me here, cool, respect that, right, but Anthony was different, man, just, you, you hear the way he talks, man, he's eloquent in the way he talks, he's confident, he was that way then, 2010, you know, um, and I was like, man, this is a big dude, speaks well, you know, good-looking kid, has all the confidence in the world. I'm like, maybe he's right, you know, and I didn't want to pull up his his record right there while he was there. We just kind of shot the shit a little bit, and then he's like, all right, man, well, I got to go. You know, nice to meet you. And he walked away, and I pulled up his record. And at the time, he was 5-6 and six on his career. So he had a losing record, and he was on a four-fight losing streak. And I was like, you know, this kid just impacted me where I'm like, yeah, maybe he will be somebody. And you look at his record and you're like, well, no, I guess he's not, you know. And then sure enough, man, he turns it around, which just goes to show you, man, looking at somebody on paper versus, you know, the the, the feeling you get from him and, and, and whatever is, is so different. But now he's made it all the way to not only is he fighting for a UFC title, but he's finding out uh, the, the opportunity to do it against potentially – uh, the greatest to ever do it in John Jones. I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, he's getting this opportunity to not only win the UFC title, but perhaps unseat what some people would say is the greatest of all time. I believe John Jones is the greatest talent of all time. I just believe all this goddamn time away from the sport has impacted uh, the ability to call him the greatest of all time. But if he wins, you know, a couple more and gets a streak together, I will. But, but, all that said, cold coffee. I was set to just, I was set to just get together and talk about the fight, talk <laughs> about what you think about Anthony Smith. You know, is he more deserving than Corey Anderson? I do believe he is. I, you know, uh, I, yeah. You know, I, I respect Corey Anderson, and I think he had a great year, and I think he, you know, appreciate what he's doing, uh, and I think he's right there. But was just ready to talk to you about all that, about what light heavyweight is going on, about John Jones turning around so quick. That's what I was ready to talk to you about. And then, Uh-oh. and then, on 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 the way over this morning, uh, get the tweet from uh, Brett Okamoto, our good buddy here in Las Vegas, who says, "Hey, results are back in. 
John Jones is tested completely clean. There's no picograms of the M3 metabolite. There's nothing. It's totally clean. That it's thing that's zero. supposed to be in there for like seven years, uh, eight years, 80 years, whatever. Uh, Microdosing. I, 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 <laughs> yes, I'm just. It's hard. It's complicated. Look, and I've said here, and I'll continue to say it. I've said here, and I'll continue to say it. I do not believe John Jones is a cheater. I do not believe that John Jones has been systematically microdosing, as you said. I don't. I, I don't believe that. Everybody that's been around him has talked about what a natural talent he is, about how amazing he is, the stories of how he would come in drunk from the night before and party and dude. just smash <laughs> everybody, you know? Yeah, and you look at him. And I know it's uh, it's it's a it's a simple way to look at things, but there is the eyeball test, right? Where you look at somebody and you're like, "Bro, that body is not natural." Like, come on, John Jones does not have that. Look. In fact, if anything, look at his brothers. Look how big they are. His brothers are huge. His NFL player brothers are massive compared yeah. to him. If anything, he's taken like unperformance, uh, yeah. dehancing. He's the squirt. He's, taken, uh, he's yeah, the squirt of he's the family. The runt, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, you know the genes are there. You know the genetics yeah. are there. You see them in his family. Yeah. So I don't believe John Jones is a cheater. But that said, it's getting harder to prove that. Yeah. I know nobody has proved that he's a cheater, but I don't know that I can sit there and prove to you that he's not a cheater. I yeah. think you almost have to just say, I, I, I don't even know what you say at this point. Yeah. It's 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 I don't believe he is, but I don't think I could. Pre- and and this is so weird because what I mean when this pops up again, is it this pulsing effect again? And I will say, they you know they did mention that the pulsing effect can happen as you lose body fat. Uh, that could be an issue that it's stored in your fat. So as you shed that fat, which you would do in a weight cut, and he does cut weight, uh, not extremely, but he does cut weight to get to 205. Uh, that maybe it would pop up again around a fight because if it is stored in your fat, that's when it's going to show up again. <sighs> but it seems, just seems like pseudoscience. Yeah. It's just – it's so – I'm just frustrated, man. It's it's I'm crazy just, because the way – I would have rather the metabolite show up. I would have rather well, the metabolite show up. That's the way they sort of set it up. Like they've been giving it to us this whole time like – this is something that's going to be with him. It's going to be with him, you know. So just get ready to see it in there. And then for it to be that night, yes, you know, they say, oh, when he's cutting weight, you know, whatever. Like, there's not much time removed from when it was showing to when it's not showing, you know, as for, like, the cutting the weight and then to put it all back on. Um, they just made it seem like it was going to be there. We're going to see this. We're going to see this. And I think then we would have been like, okay, I get it. All the bullshit you've been telling us. Or all the science behind the stuff that you're saying, okay, you proved it. You did it. So now what happens if this comes back but the amounts even more next time? They're just going to say, oh, well, maybe just because he cut more body weight this pulsed time that it, it pulsed a little bit higher. You know, uh, it's just it's oh, it just doesn't set a good precedent. They should have just at one point said, we see that this can go in here. We don't think that he did anything wrong. The fight's off. Um, so that when this happens in uh, the the future for say another fighter, the status quo is sorry, we're not gonna suspend you for years. We understand this might be, but while we do further research, we have to immediately call this fight off, and you know figure out what's what. You know, yeah. really do the testing. You know, nobody nobody doubts the fact that they only kept this fight on here because they felt that the card would have completely bombed without and that everybody would have not watched it. 900,000 pay-per-views we're hearing. Right. I mean, That's, it's you know. 
it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, if you really wanted to figure out, and I know they said there's no real studies. All right, how about this, Mr. You know, USADA organization. You know, now you got this guy that's doing two things. If you want to do some studies, how about you ask this fighter and say, hey, you know, uh, we're going to have you do something that we'd like you to do. You know, we'll compensate you in some matter, but we're going to we're going to simulate a uh, fight camp. I just need you to lose an amount uh, X amount of pounds in X amount of time. And we want to test you throughout and just see if it is there. You know, make it worth his while because this is voluntary other shit. You know, this is a, a heavy tax on their body. So, you know, you can't force a fighter to say, all right, well, you know, it maybe should, you know, maybe after somebody, you know, test positive once or twice and say, okay, this is one way you can get out of jail free when we ask you to put yourself through a weight test so that we can test you under fight conditions as opposed to just doing random. Uh, it would be interesting to see because you're right. You know, now people are coming up with all these, oh, well, maybe it's because he was cutting weight. Well, fucking do a study. Test it. Put somebody through a fight camp or, or something to the degree where they're forced to do it and then test. Do some science about it. Stop just speculating. Do something about it. Yep. Find some way that you can make these fighters and do something to where you can do it. And this is a person that supposedly now you're, you're, you're going all in and saying that this guy will have this pulsing, but you're not really setting up real parameters of where we might see it. You know, like do some studies about it. You say there were no studies done before. Do some studies now because there's always going to be question marks now um, about it. But... I don't. It's and, just and weird. Now, and the thing that throws me off now is, I don't know what I want to see moving forward. Do I? Do I want to see? I guess what I really want to see is every test clean for any metabolites, right? That would be ideal. But if it is, then the pulsing was bullshit. <laughs> that's it. And so, so do I want to see it pulse every now and then when he gets close to a fight? Is and then that I would what like I to see, see diminishing. I mean, like anything I with just, like oh. stuff out there, you would figure it would always be in a diminishing state. Like it's not going to pulse at the same quantity forever. I mean, even in science, you know, I mean, what is it? You know, when things start breaking down, they can, you know, when they look at rocks or, or like trees, half lives, half lives yeah. of shit's going to start getting less, you know, like you figure at some point it's going to start breaking down more and more and right. more. Like, if you ever find it and it spikes higher, don't try to come at and say, oh, this is the weird thing about pulsing. We're not sure. You know, it could possibly test. Because then it just sounds like you're making excuses. I know? just, it's so, it's pissing me off. Because in my heart, I do not believe he's a cheater. But this stuff is maddening. Yeah. This stuff is maddening, man. And I and I don't know how to logically make sense of it and say that I can, you know, exonerate his name with no question. Right. And that bugs me. That bugs me. All right, listen, hey, uh, if you like what you're hearing, I should say, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe, first of all. Hopefully you subscribe. Hopefully you got this as part of your subscription. But if you listen mm. for the first time or just as a random time, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> for the first time, we lost him during the fucking yeah, over-the-top <laughs> talk. Like, bro, we never got through it. I thought it was getting MMA talk. I got like, I was talk. Team Roku, and this dude was talking about Apple TV. <laughs> Fuck that. But if you like what you're listening, <laughs> make sure you log into iTunes. Uh, give us uh, give us some some ratings if you can. Those ratings help us out. Reviews help us as well. We got you could be like my man, Dirty Words, uh -oh. who said, "Hanging out with a friend, amazing podcast. They offer good insight. It's like hanging out with a friend." And you know what? Uh. That's one of the the greatest reviews I could have ever asked for. That's all <laughs> we want. You're just 
kicking it with John Morgan at cold coffee and joining a frosty beverage. Well, I mean, that's that's what it feels like. I mean, we ultimately are just hanging out right now, yes, <laughs> you know, with a friend, drinking with some, uh, drinking some uh, frosty beverages and some uh, unique internationally recognized flavored honey pepper vodka, honey pepper things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's cool. That's a very, very, that's a very, very cool. Like, and, and that's what I've always said. I, I mean, I know I've gotten. Better as we as we've done this, you know. I mean, I've always considered myself the casual guy, and you're more of the legit oh, journalist. I think you've become the star, the little I legit think you're the star. <laughs> journalist. So it is just us hanging out talking. So Old I mean, that is a, that is <laughs> that is a very very nice uh, compliment, and that's all we could really ask. Because I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, because I love the insight that half of you guys that listen to this and give feedback. I mean, you guys understand the sport just as well, and if not, probably better in certain things. So. Uh, Yes, this is all. This is all uh, one big group. No doubt, group hug. We a family. We a family. Thanks, <laughs> dirty words. You made I love that nickname. I know, right? All right, listen. Uh, even though I am on vacation this week, I did actually put in a little extra work. Other than today, it did not involve day drinking, so it was a little more actual work than this was. Uh, but we did stop by the UFC performances too yesterday, where Joseph Benavides, who was fighting at UFC on ESPN Plus One next week in Brooklyn, New York, uh, was there to speak with us, the Las Vegas media. Uh, we had a, quite a lengthy discussion. Uh, I edited that down a little bit. You'll hear a lot of my questions. You'll hear a little bit of Brett Okamoto. Uh, you'll hear a little bit of Heidi Fang as well. So the, the Las Vegas media was all there. Um, Oscar from the Mac Life, I think, as well, had a, few, a question or two. So I uh, want to play that for you and, and let you hear a little bit of Joseph Benavides, and then we'll uh, – We'll continue on talk about a few of the things that he has to say because he also kind of talked about some stuff that, that we touched on earlier. Here is Joe B. Well, Joe, I just start from the beginning, man. Hello. I mean, can you describe the uh, the chaos of how this fight came together to begin with? Because it seems like you know you were matched up with Davidson, and then you were a backup, and then you got this. I mean, can you just walk us through how that all happened? Oh yeah, I'm glad you asked because I think a lot of people just saw thought I was an alternate then fighting Ortiz and wondering what happened with Figueredo and all this but so it is nice to explain because it was really like a chaotic like roller coaster and I can get into detail with you guys but um yeah um two days after my fight with Perez literally two days after they call me and ask me if I want to fight Figueredo in Anaheim um slash kind of be a backup you know in case something happens but if not have a great fight with up-and-comer you know hopefully like the next title shot that fight got scratched um, in Anaheim, and they moved us to Brooklyn, which was a week uh, before, and Figueredo had issues with that. I don't know, preparation, probably weight cut stuff. You know, it's a week. You know, if you can't make weight in six weeks and you're a top five in the, in the world, you know, it looks kind of bad. Um, so, but funny thing about that that I can get into detail with you guys is he actually chained his mind three times within an hour. So I was in one workout, and they called me and said, Figueredo doesn't want to fight because it's a week earlier, but you're going to be a backup. I was just like, oh, that's super motivating right now in my workout, <laughs> you know? But I'm just like, whatever. And then literally 15 minutes later, they call. He's like, no, never mind. He's on. He just, you know, he thought, he thought it would be bad, but it's a good opportunity, so he's back on. I'm like, that's amazing. I was like, great, motivated again. And then literally by the end of my workout, I got another call that he was out. And I was like, I, you can't make this stuff up. So I'm talking to people about my fight, but like, it's changing the story every time. I'm just like, they're like, oh, so Figueredo? I'd be like, what did I tell you last? Because <laughs> like people walking in and out of the gym, it was crazy. Literally three times in one workout. So 
people coming like from lunch and back, I had to like tell them, oh, it's off now. And they're like, what? But then they walk back to like get a medicine ball. I'm like, it's on. So it was crazy. And that, that, um, that took the fight to me just being an alternate. They're like, listen, we still want you to be an alternate. And I don't know if you guys know how that works, but you know, you make weight, you train for a title fight, which is the hard part, you know, against two freaks like TJ or Cejudo. Um, and it's kind of just like, all right, me and my coaches go through all this, but we don't necessarily, you know, get what happens. Like if our opponent doesn't show up, we're just kind of there. But at the same time, you know, I think they know, you know, like a fighter's mindset at that point. It's like, you know what, we're not going to miss out on an opportunity. Like these, these are offered in really big occasions. So it's like, I'm not going to be sitting on the couch and be like, oh, damn it, that fight fell through. I could have been there. So I'm like, I don't care. I'll just eat shit for this one. I'll get better for five weeks or whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, if the fight happens, it doesn't. If not, I got better. I was ready for the opportunity. And then through that, I was just always pushing. I was like, I would still love a fight, obviously. Like, that would be ideal. So I still pushed for it. And I was like, look, Wilson Hayes and Pantoja both called me out. There's fights there. Let's, like, keep this thing going. And they're like, you know what? We'll see what we can do. And then I don't know if they went through those guys. I didn't really get word on them. I mean, I assumed them because they called me out. But I got all the way to Dustin Ortiz, who I already fought. And I love the fight. Um, fought him four years ago. And it's one of those fights where... I was done. I was like, you know, I could have, I could have, you know, improved on some little things there, and now I get the chance to. So it's a good fight. He's improved as well. So that's always fun. I want to ask you about that backup situation. That's kind of a, a newer thing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and it seems like kind of a good thing for fighters. But kind of, I mean, it's a great thing for the UFC, right? Yeah. It's a great thing for business. But can you talk about? I guess you, you kind of mentioned the difficulty of of putting yourself in that position. Why that's such a hard position for fighters to be in? Because I, on some hand, I could see a fan saying, bro, you get paid to train. Like, how easy is that? Yeah. You don't even have to fight. So help, help explain why maybe people aren't looking at it the right way. Yeah, it's different. I mean, you know, and most of the guys getting offered this, you know, have pretty high show money. And it's not a fight. And I understand, like, they're not going to pay someone, like, their show money to do nothing or not fight and, and, and everything. So it's kind of hard, you know. I'd, I'd like it to be looked at as, like, hey, what would happen if, you know, you were preparing for a title fight and you got there and it fell off? You'd probably get your show money, you know, at least. But being an alternate, you know, you don't really get that option, you know. Um, but at the same time, like, like you said, you're getting paid to train. You're getting better anyway. At the end of the day, you have an opportunity and you didn't really train for nothing where maybe you would have been. But training, you know, every day for fun, and you know just open-minded getting better and training for a title fight's a little different um there's a lot of people involved you know coaches family everything so a lot more goes into it but like i said i think the opportunity is is the biggest part and they know that and that they're offering and it's really hard to turn down either way how much um, have you thought about Cejudo and Dillashaw during this camp i mean have you been considering because I, I gotta assume you're still the backup right and i mean both those guys have had well one guy's never made the weight the yeah. other guy's missed so i mean are you still feeling in your mind like there is a chance I'm fighting for a title in Brooklyn? Yeah. You know what? I always think that on the back of my mind. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of just be ready for any situation. So like even in sparring, I'll just spar with everybody. And just because it's like, you know what? I could be fighting anybody. I kind of like thrive there and like chaos anyway. The good thing about these three guys that I have options of is I fought Ortiz before. I fought Cejudo before. And I've trained with TJ maybe more rounds than I have with anyone like in my lifetime. So 
it's one of those things where I can actually concentrate on myself and the actual like the sessions when I didn't have an opponent were actually really cool because you probably hear guys all the time well I'm not worried about what they're doing I'm just worried about like me getting better and like I've said that and I think people say that but it's literally impossible to do like if you have an opponent in front of you, you have to think about him but it feels so good like you always spar and compete better when you're not worried about something like like if you're just open-minded can do anything you can't mess up because you don't have a plan or a game plan or something so like the first few sessions I had without an opponent they were so fun because there was no like hey you have to do this but when he does this do that it was just like so good and I was like oh this is what people actually talk about that they want to feel is like just can um, concentrating on themselves and their skill like becoming the best them but then you know you get a fight and you do all you always have to alter stuff no matter what I mean you can think about yourself a little more but your coaches and everyone is always going to have your opponent in mind so going through camp I try not to think too too hard about it all I mean the 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 I think the highest percentage of things happening are are going as planned right so I look at that most of my thoughts go into to you know Cejudo and TJ fighting and me and Ortiz fighting because I think that's probably the highest percentage and then you know sometimes when I'm sparring or get past a certain point maybe like fourth or fifth round of sparring I can start thinking about those guys you know when I'm doing the extra work and stuff but like I said it's one of those things where you know fought Cejudo before fought TJ um, trained with him many times and I really don't know how that's going to work either because this is another thing I thought about and we've kind of talked about and we're kind of going to get it when it gets there but I'm like the alternate for a title fight and like there is a chance Cejudo falls out and then it's like is me and TJ a title fight no one's really got to that until it actually happens so you know at the end of the day I like you know give people the benefit of the doubt and both guys are professional you know one's a, both are world champions so I don't think they're going to go out and and really mess this up so yeah I just think about fighting Ortiz for the most part is there a cutoff time for when you'd be willing to do it because we've seen things day of right I mean you think about like Walt Harris and Verdum or things I mean we've, we've had changes the day of a fight so I mean is there a cutoff date where you'd say you know on Friday morning yes I'll take a world title fight on Friday night I won't or Saturday morning I won't I mean could you be driving to the arena and they say <laughs> bro you're not gonna believe this but he just got he just got ruled out we need you to step into a world title fight yeah in New York you know there's nothing like you never know the girl had like chapped lips and they told her the day of so yeah I mean I don't think there's a time limit because that's what I that's what I came in for um, so I'm I was assuming if it did happen it would be a weight thing so that would be only a day notice anyway like I don't think anyone's gonna fall out a week before or anything so I was assuming if it was gonna be something I would know on Friday anyway so I think that's just the different thing is, you know, obviously people think TJ's never made it, so it would obviously be him and me and Cejudo going for the flyweight title. But, you know, say Cejudo, for some reason something weird happens and, like, is that an interim title fight or we main event, like something like that. That's some stuff I don't know um, yet, so we'd have to see kind of where that goes and maybe it becomes a whole nother deal, you know, um, with a fight with a bantamweight champion for this or that, so... Have you seen the TJ social media post that everybody's talking about? No. Everybody's saying that he's looking a little gaunt already and looking a little rough. And Oh, I saw him looking super vascular and yeah. skinny like he's like on 35 weight already, basically. Um, 
yeah i mean that's i mean when you're going down to another weight class and that's a high percentage of your body fat um that's gonna happen guys are gonna look freaking weird <laughs> so it didn't concern you or make you feel confident did it inspire you one way or the other to think yeah he looks good or no he looks terrible i didn't really pay attention to it i just kind of like saw him and i like was like damn he's he's really getting there and you know the thing with tj is he's super like weight cutting is like performance and fighting everything is one thing because you never know how you're gonna feel at a weight or whatever but weight cutting you can make the weight anyone can make a weight like that's all about just like discipline and hard work you're gonna sacrifice some stuff along the way whether it be strength actual training actual this whatever but like i think guys can make weights it's just what are they sacrificing to get there like you know if you were a diet professional or a freaking actor or something like christian bell weighed like 119 pounds or something for a role but he's also not fighting another guy you know so making weight is kind of just one thing um so i don't really look at it too much i'm just like oh like he's definitely gonna make it because he's tj's a psycho and he's <laughs> one of the hardest workers i know and it's like that's what it kind of comes down to when you're when you're um cutting weight so he'll make it it's just gonna be interesting to see kind of you know what did he what did he sacrifice getting there because um, Cejudo is going to feel like he always does probably better there was a lot of passion speeches that you had in your last fight about keeping the flyweight division yeah. around now that you have the new platform with the ASPM plus card and there's a couple flyweight bouts on it do you feel a lot of pressure to <clears throat> try to really perform and make people realize that, that this division is important and to keep it around not pressure just excitement because <clears throat> I mean, this is something I've done like my whole career. I was the first ever, you know, flyweight win, flyweight title fight. You know, I'm the longest now like fighter in the division. You know, I was started the, the whole thing. So I always felt that in a way because it was never, I'd say like welcomed as much as big guys period. Like there was never like we're on the chopping block and this and that, but there was always something, you know, cause we were the new division and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've always fought with that in mind, just, you know, but also, I mean, it, it's individual, but I was also, I would look at other guys' fights and, you know, I would root for flyweights getting bonuses of the night and looking good and, you know, looking scary and putting on good fights all the time. So, um, it's really nothing new. I mean, it has elevated with like a little bit more talk, but that's something that I always, I mean, I fight my balls off either way. <laughs> so no matter what it is so that's just that's just how it is but it's always been kind of like since the start I've always thought like hey you know like you know we need to prove we're, we're the best skilled division there is is there I would think a good way to gauge the status of the division is just what they're doing with contracts you know so they've let some guys yeah. go what about your contract like, like is there any talk of I just signed a new four fight deal oh, you did yeah so I think that's another good sign um I didn't even know guys were getting cut until I saw them fighting in Risen or whatever. And I was like, how'd those guys get cut? Because I I'd kind of, I feel those things are always announced, so I heard it kind of stop. But, you know, the other way, the way that I just gauge it is like, look, there's, there's a flyweight title fight. Like, one of the best pound-for-pound -pound guys is coming down to our weight to fight. You know, we have a new champion. It's, you know, headlining the first uh, card ever with ESPN. So, you know, that's how I gauge it right now. I'm fighting on it. 
there's other fights being signed. So I just look at it like that and then, you know, kind of after the fight, you know, look at it again and see, oh, well, what happened in this fight? What are they going to do now? Because other than that, I mean, I haven't heard anything. Everything, like, really chilled out, I think, once they got that fight because now it's steady and they know just, like, well, we can't really do anything to division till after this fight um, with TJ and Cejudo. So, so yeah. Like I said, I just business as usual until, you know, you hear otherwise is kind of how I look at it. Back to the MMA Roadshow, that was Joseph Benavides, good friend of the MMA Roadshow, good friend of MMA Junkie Radio, good mm-hmm. friend of Las Vegas people all around, just a good dude, to be honest Good with you. dude, good dude. Now, yeah. you did bring up Joe B, and you went for Joe B, yes. a good friend of Vegas, as you said, but uh, I'm always one to, 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 to talk to the truth. Can I be real? Just shoot straight, just shoot straight. I went for the taco bar. <laughs> <laughs> they, they served us taco bar yesterday. It was delicious. Half the time we get the messages like, oh, hey, we're having a media day. And I always hit them up. I'm like, what you got for lunch? If I'm coming over, what you got for lunch? Wow. <laughs> you got swag in your game. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, getting access to a fighter, yeah, that's great and all. That's great. But uh, I come into work on my vacation <laughs> to get the hard-hitting stuff with Joseph Benavides. See, you had it covered. And you're there. <laughs> you, the had the, you had the news covered. And I, I got it was taco. a fine taco bar. It was. They had little taquitos. Oh. Taquitos were money. I was like, <laughs> man, good stuff. Uh, by the way, I should say, if we pull back the curtain again for the, the MMA Roadshow this listeners. This is pretty awesome. This as pretty the awesome. Joseph Benavidez audio was playing out and you were all hearing uh, that <laughs> interview, and we'll get to that momentarily, uh, there was a knock on the door. Now, Cole Coffey was a little hesitant to go answer the door. <laughs> you can tell him why. You can he's tell had why. some Jehovah's Witnesses uh, hitting him up, trying to convert him. Thursday seems to be the day yeah. they want to come by and convert me here. Trying to convert him early, and he's like, I don't know if I should go get it. And he was like, let me go check. So he runs out there, and it turns out it's actually a delivery. Our good friends <laughs> at Nemiroff Vodka have dropped off more product. <laughs> more product, as I am enjoying. I think they were trying to convert you. I think maybe... They were they were they were listening in to our Patreon only live taping of the show, and they heard that that you were having PBR, and they had it just like Amazon Prime now shot over while we were being they because they wanted to make sure you were having your <laughs> they wanted to convert as well. They're like the 2018 it was staff champion does not <laughs> does not listen or does not uh, partake. We should really work on him. We should give more love to your 2018 staff champion pick. We get nothing. We got no email or nothing. I love it that even Dan Tom's the only one. He toured something. He was like, he he I grabbed me. He anything. was like, he was like, do they normally send anything out or do some? I was like, bro, I don't know. This is our first time, both of us. But I was like, nothing. So he sent a little thing, and I, I liked it. I didn't want to like retweet it because then I felt like I was bragging or whatever. But this is my goddamn podcast. I can brag a little. Yes, That's, as much as, brag. That's as much as I'll brag. That's as much as I'll brag. Junkie picks champion Cole. But Coffee. dude, it's so funny. We literally were joking about when you brought that Nemrov, and you asked me earlier. You like. uh you know, have you seen anything in Nimrod? I was like, no, I haven't heard anything. And I was like joking about how Watch is going to show up when you were here today. And literally, I was so much happier that it was Nimrod at the door instead of the Jehovah's Witness trying to convert me. Nimrod. No offense if that's your thing. Nimrod. <laughs> it's better than Jehovah's Witnesses. It's better. <laughs> uh, that's the tagline I right like there. It. That's Nimrod. the new hashtag. We got that for you. <laughs> 
We got that for you. Nimrov. It's better than Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen. Uh, all right, let's talk about let's talk about Joe B. Real quick. Um, I will say a couple things that he brought up that that, that were real interesting. I mean, we kind of know that he's still serving as the backup, and I want to talk about that in just a second. But uh, one thing he touched on that I'll be honest, I hadn't even thought about, and I hadn't, and I should have thought about it, is the fact that T.J. Dillashaw cutting down to 125 yeah. is happening in New York, of all places, the ones that seemed to throw up the most red flags, that seemed to have had the most, you know, just baffling decisions. And, and, and again, it's it's all angled towards fighter safety, so I don't want to disrespect them for what they're doing. But right. my understanding is, um, you know, they, they had a – and, and I, you know, I apologize that I didn't pull up the, 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 the facts on this, but I know recently – um, they had a, a, a very tragic boxing situation there, a, a boxer with brain damage, and, and it was on a, you know, a big bout. And, um, you know, this has caused them be, to become more careful than ever. Um, and, and, and I can respect that. I can appreciate that. But it did make me think, like, oh, shit, I totally forgot about that. Like, they have had issues with small things that we wouldn't normally consider an issue. And to have T.J. Dillashaw cutting down to 125 there in New York um, – Man. You're talking about the guy in New York that received the, the, the big payout from him? Yes. Okay, yeah, I was just just looked that up. Yeah. Magomed Abdul That's it. Abdul Salamov yep. received twenty two million dollars for sustained severe brain damage during a heavyweight bout at MSG. That is exactly it. That's wow. the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Crazy. So they're they're being incredibly cautious because they obviously should. yeah, oh they're God, that's yeah. a huge amount of money. Think about that. I mean they're they're not generating twenty two million dollars of revenue. I mean, they're generating pretty solid revenue, but not yeah. enough to lose twenty two million dollars in revenue. Wow. Um so that's big. So yeah, they've been very, very cautious since that moment. Um so I, I, I'd kind of forgotten about that and I'm surprised they did. Now um I I will say this too. Ali Abdelaziz had came out I believe he tweeted this. Maybe he did it in one of his media appearances, but Ali Abdelaziz said you know, that if Dillashaw misses by point one, they're not going to fight him. And Cejudo is going to fight Joseph Benavides instead. And I got to say, I honestly don't hate that. I I, I, I kind of think it's fair, to be honest with you, um, for a number of reasons. Number one, that I – and you and I know, man, we've been talking to a lot of fighters, right? And every fighter we talk to says, I believe if Cejudo went to 135, Dillashaw wins. But mm-hmm. I believe Dillashaw cutting down – is going to be a depleted Dillashaw, and he's not going to be able to win. So competitively, I understand them saying, look, he's got to make it all the way down to where we're at. I, I, I definitely agree with that. But the other thing that I think is, if it is the case that the flyweight division is on the line, and we don't know, again, we don't know, but that is the case that some people are making, that is the case that TJ Dillashaw is making, that he was the hired gun to go kill the flyweight division. If the flyweight division is really on the line, that's a lot of money for Henry Cejudo. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would say, nah, bro. You don't get one twenty-five point one. You got to make one twenty-five. So I got to be honest. I don't hate that. And the more I think about it, man, the more I think about, I, I, I will not be shocked if Joseph Benavides is fighting for a world title uh, next week in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why uh, if he misses the point one. Uh, just making a non-title fight and still fight TJ. I, I mean, it still draws more heat, draws more views than – I mean, I love Joby, but, I mean, it's still a good fight. I would still rather see TJ versus Henry than uh, Henry versus Joby. Um, That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't disagree with that. But 
I, I get it. I get it. I get the point. I mean, I, I would, I, and I think he would be more inclined to have that fight himself if he knows it's not a title one. I can, I can get it. Where if they're like, bro, just get with the the two on, you know, take twenty percent and still make it a, a title fight. Like that doesn't make any sense. You're dead right because you're that's the way yeah. more marketable fight. But let let's say for instance, let's say T.J. Dillashaw t- to make it more than point one. Let's say it's one twenty five and a half. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe that's too much. Let's leave it at one twenty five point one. Let's say it's one twenty five point one. Right. Dillashaw comes in and knocks out Henry Cejudo in the first round, right? And then we go to Dana afterwards and say, hey, what's going on? And Dana's like, yeah, you know what, man? We just decided to close up shop in the flyweight division. We go, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Well, listen, man, we gave it a shot. It never worked with Demetrius. Then we came this big title fight, and look, Dillashaw came down and beat Henry Cejudo. And we go, yeah, but he didn't didn't win the title. He just beat him at 125.1. And then Dana goes, come on, guys, .1. Point one. We're talking about. We're talking about. Point one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, don't give him that. Don't give him that benefit. Don't yeah. give him that opportunity, right? But what if he was like, we're getting rid of that, and we're we're bringing in one sixty five. All right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be it would be really shitty. I I mean, if he d- if he did do something like that, um, I just when I think about this fight, when you think about does an eighty percent. T.J. Dillashaw beat 100% Henry Cejudo. No. You don't think so? 80%? He's got to be. I, at what percent do you think That's what I'm trying TJ to think in my head. That's what I'm trying to think in my head. Because, look, I do believe. When it comes to striking, if we're I mean, talking, If we're talking pound for pound, if, if, like, if we're talking about the whole, like, non-existent pound for pound, yeah. like, if everybody was the same size and all that, TJ's the better fighter. Right. There's no question about right. that. TJ is the better fighter. He's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. But that is the question mark: is how depleted will he be right. at 125? 80 percent. I mean, 80 percent to me means you know you take those you take those uh, UFC three uh, 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 statistics right their their rankings or their right. ratings, and you and you knock them all down right. I mean, right. if you're a hundred fighter across the board, you go to 80. That's 80 percent, right? Right. But I guess you, so. If you take down the speed, if you take down the sp- like, if you take down the speed, see, the cardio, and the movement to eighty percent, I would think that. See, I don't think it all would go down to eighty percent. I think if anything, it would be like the cardio, right? And I think an eighty percent TJ is a three round fighter. You know, is because the the, T- the TJ that gets to the fourth and fifth would be the the, the be TJ done. that He'd would be done, right? Would just get he'd be done. He would just he wouldn't be able to because if Henry's he wouldn't be able to resist the takedown, and once right. he got taken down, he wouldn't be able right. to get up. But I would give an eighty percent TJ if he those first three rounds is when he would be still very very dangerous. The thing is, what what Henry was able to do to DJ was so dynamic. Mm-hmm. That you almost think that if he just sticks to that game plan, like how can you stop that? You know, and um, do you think TJ is a better wrestler than DJ? Yes. So you think he has a better opportunity to keep the feet, maybe keep yes. on the feet. Yes. And if he does get him down. And then at that yes. point, you know, an 80% TJ still, I think, has a That's better true. shot. That's the truth. Even though Cejudo has Golden Gloves credentials and all that, right. he's Cejudo, got power in his hands. He's he a strong. He's a good hitter, but he doesn't win this fight on right. the feet. He does not win this fight on the right. feet. Cejudo so. wins this fight with takedowns and control. Right. And so you are right about that. You are right about that. And eighty percent TJ may still be enough. Right. That's the question, though. That's yeah. what makes this and that, and that's right? just. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's all varying to think. But when I think about him being depleted, 
his striking is not going to go away. No, his movement's not going to go away. But he's just not able to be. He won't be able to be as dynamic as he is for an extended period of time. Right. And uh, I can I can see him getting what he needs to do done in in three rounds. But I could also see it be a grinding five round. Let's just get to a decision. He you needs know. either. I, I would agree with that. I I mean, now, granted, we don't know what he's going to look like next week. But seeing what we're seeing already. Right. I, I think you are right about that. I think he either needs to get it done in the first three rounds right. or he better have the first three rounds in the bank so that he can right. afford to lose four and five right. and still walk out of the Because he probably would lose four and five. because yeah, he probably lose four and five. Henry was so dynamic in that fight, man. He looked so good. That was probably the best he's ever looked. And you would think that him going in, he's – you know, at that point, maybe he's 110% Henry, you know, and then you got to take that account of, all right, we have a, an 80% TJ coming into a guy right now that's finding his best. You know, you got to think it, you know, maybe the, the percentages is in his favor. I don't know. It's all theoretical. But, man, Henry looked so good. But I still think that even if TJ, if, if he's within a certain range, uh, I would still probably into him because just like you said, he's it's just so dynamic. But. So was DJ. Yeah. And look what Henry did to DJ. I mean I mean, TJ is great and I think TJ has the all the abilities to be one of the one of the best fighters that there ever is. DJ was and still is still one of the him, best still fighters. Still call him number one pound for pound. And, and Henry was able to, to do what he did. So, you know, you know, I I gotta give him credit, you know. Um I gotta. I just gotta stop doubting him, you know. And I think part of it was in the past was it was the striking question, and I think the fact that he embraced that wrestling and embraced it. You know, why run away from it, right? Why try to? I mean, he has good hands, and I think his hands are maybe kind of underrated against a lot of guys in the division. But like you said, I mean, I just think that if he sticks with what works and and embrace it and don't try to run from it, don't try to be this guy like, I really want to prove that I have great hands and just do it. Just fucking grind, man. Do the Damian Maia and just fucking win. You know, I could see it, but you know, TJ has good takedown defense. He has good wrestling. Um, It would be exciting first three rounds. So I don't know. I guess we have to see. I mean, we'll see. I, uh, I, I, I'm intrigued for next week. I will say um, I, we don't have the full schedule yet, but I think it's pretty interesting um, just to kind of give you an insight into how the UFC is looking at this. Um, basically, I know a lot of people were up in arms that, that Greg Hardy versus Alan Crowder was the co-main event. My understanding is the way they're treating the press next week is that Cejudo and Dillashaw obviously the main event, but Cerrone and Alex uh, Hernandez will, will basically be – treated as the co-main event in terms of who's going to be available at open workouts, who's going to be available at media day, those sort of things. It's going to be them featured as the top four, which makes a hell of a lot of sense because a lot of people are saying this is kind of a weird card. If, if, if you haven't checked it out yet, if you've yeah. waited to look at it, it starts on ESPN+, Plus, then it goes to ESPN, the television network, and kind of cool, I was actually talking to Alex Davis about this. I was like, Alex, do you realize your client, John Lineker, will be fighting in the first ever live UFC event on ESPN. He was like, "Oh, you know, the first the first UFC uh, live televised bout is yeah. Lineker versus Sanhagen." And he was like, "No, I, I didn't realize that." Um, but but I think they picked a very nice four pack of fights to put on TV. Uh, yeah, I was Alonzo- just, I was just gonna say like that is a really good. I can. That's the only reason why it makes sense that Donald that's and it. Alex would be there. Like, so, so think about that. Crazy. You get Lineker Sanhagen. You get Minifield Moreira. You get Calderwood Lipsky. Then you get Cerrone Hernandez. 
you get all that on ESPN, which everybody gets. Yeah. And the whole time you're saying, by the way, order ESPN Plus, order ESPN Plus, order ESPN Plus. Well, if you have cable, you have ESPN. Right. You right. still well, have to have a cable. Most people have cable. I would think. Well, unless we, they yeah. just bought into well, our cut the cut cable the cord, cord. But they've got something. They've got something. <laughs> Sling has ESPN. Direct TV now has ESPN. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So anyway, so I saw a lot of people up in arms that Hardy Crowder was the co-main and Cowboy was on the prelims. Guys. Pay attention to the way this card was built. It's very. It was built for a very specific reason. You want you know those eyeballs on ESPN to get converted to ESPN Plus. So the first prelim card's pretty sick too. Yeah, it like, is good. This is a good card. Oh, it's great, man. It's a really, really good card. I, I think it's gonna be a fun one. So anyway, we're gonna have good times. Okay, the other thing I wanted to get to that Joseph Benavides went into a little bit, um, and we touched on it earlier. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, I just kind of want to hammer it home. This backup fighter option has got to be tweaked, man. It's I understand why the UFC does it, and I understand why it makes perfect sense for them. And it does. It makes perfect sense for them. But you're hearing from guys that have done it or that are in consideration to do it that it's a shitty situation. You know, and that they'll never do it again. And that they'll never do it again. The ones that have done it said they'll never do it again. The ones that are in consideration. I mean, Joseph Benavides said, I'd rather fight someone and risk whatever's on the line because, look, you're not guaranteed yeah. anything. I mean, you're you're not. I mean, yeah. You know, the last one we had now has to face Jose Aldo. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? He didn't get any guarantee. You know, Kamaru Usman didn't get to walk. He had to go face Javier Dos Anjos. I mean, nobody is getting guarantees, and the money that they give you is not a full show. But and I get why it's not a show, a full show purse. I mean, Joseph said it. Most of these people that are being considered this have sizable show purses. So, but something has to be tweaked here because it's not a good situation to be in. You either need a full show purse or at least like a higher scale of your show purse or you need to be guaranteed that I get next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, yeah, I'll like it, do this, yeah. I'll do this, and I'll take 20 grand or Especially 50 Especially it's a grand. backup for a title fight. Right. It's one thing if you're just even a backup for the main event or something along those lines, but if it's a backup fight for something that has for a real, title fight? That has real yeah. legs, you got to give them something if for you're it. A, to your point, exactly. If you're a backup for a fight night main event, yeah. okay, fuck you. You get, you get 50 grand and that's right. that. You know – but if you're a backup Which a to a title fight, probably would be really happy with 50 grand. Yeah, but most of the people that are most of the people that are in that are like are like yeah. on 100 or 200 show. You know, if you're the backup for a title fight, for a title fight, you deserve big money, or you got next. It's yeah. that simple to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, from everything I've always heard, that the cost of even just the gate for the most part covers the purse. Right. I mean, that's the financial goal for each show. Right. So like. Makes sense that if somebody's a backup, there's easily money there with just what's there. Like, you're not tapping into the pay-per-view or whatever to pay these guys. Like, paying them their show money. I mean, I'm sure some of these guys, if they really wanted to kind of pursue some things, pay them the show money and count it as a fight on their record if they wanted, should they want to pursue it. Like, how about this? We're going to either give you a portion or we can, you know, uh, give you your show money and count it as one of your fights on your contract. In case guys wanted to get off, okay. Of it. That's, so say I have three I, fights. I don't hate that, right? Say I that's have three a fights. In my direction. That means I right. get to renegotiate with you sooner. Sooner, I, even if I'm not trying like to that. leave, even though I'm trying to leave, right. even if I'm happy in the UFC, right. I get to renegotiate. You know, that's a good clause, man. I you like know, that. Along I those get lines. to sit back at the contract table with you sooner than I thought. Right. I like that. It would be interesting, and it would kind of give them 
a reason to say, okay, now I get why we're paying you this money. It's like the equivalent of a fight. It covers the UFC's obligation as well because they have are obligated to, to give these guys these fights. Yep. Just do it this way, and it, it helps both of them, and it makes it worthwhile because what they're doing— Boy, That's not a bad idea. What they're putting themselves under, I mean, it's ridiculous. Cold coffee, man of reason. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, I realize that, you know, last time I think we also said that uh, Tyron and Kamru probably made sense— I think D-Dub probably secretly listens to us. So if this happens, secretly, well, I mean, he hasn't been calling me to say, hey, bro, you know, your <laughs> your take, your hot take on my, um, you know, whatever. But uh, if it if it happens to pop up soon. Every time I talk to him, he's like, hey, bro, when's the last time you had an award-winning PBR? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that would be so outrageous if that ever <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, that, that is a great option. So, I don't know. I just want to hammer that home because I think you can hear – I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this, yeah. and I think maybe – I think maybe in some way maybe people are like, oh, John, quit hammering on this. I've never heard that, but yeah. I, I, it's not like a personal, like, just in vendetta of mine, but I do think people don't realize how hard that situation yeah. is that people are in. Eventually, they're just going to stop doing it. Like, if they know that there's no guarantee, like – I mean, unless they clearly work it out, and some guys have said that they clearly know going into it what they're going to get out of it, so there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. I think it, it just felt like at a, for a while that there was no guarantee of what that amount was going to be. Right. They're like, I'm doing this, but so what are you getting? They're like, well, I'm not sure. You know, like yeah. that should I never, that should never, that should never be an issue. So I would like to see it get to the point where they're at least getting paid better or. Like you said, guaranteed placement for some, or why do it? Yeah, why do it? You oh, know, like wiping away one fight on the contract. Yeah, you that's know. a nice little something. That's a nice little something. That's solid. All right, uh, listen, should say at that media day, we were supposed to get uh, Joanne Calderwood as well. That didn't work out. Um, she wasn't there, uh, but I did think see on her social media end up being like her last day of hard sparring or something like that. So um, I think the schedules just just didn't work out the right way. So um, I'm hoping to speak. She couldn't have sparred a little bit later on in the day. Hoping to speak with Joe. Well, you got lots of people in there and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm hoping She's to speak with her Joe trainer. Huh? She couldn't just train anytime she wanted. No, she was sparring, so she had to have training partners in there to go with her. It was a Shark Part Tank. It partners, was, I think she said it was her last her last Shark Tank uh, of the day. So anyway, hoping to get her uh, hoping to get her next week. All right. Uh, I want to say one thing, um, and maybe it's too late in the show to get into a debate, but I want to throw one more topic out. Uh oh. So. Another thing about this vacation, I'm trying a radical step of not being roadshow ready like every day. <laughs> like maybe only having frosty beverages, oh. you know, on on certain occasions. So uh, I went a couple of days without having having uh, any frosty beverages, and it was a positive thing, no doubt, man. I actually dropped a couple pounds, which is good. It's something I definitely need to do more of. Uh, the only issue is I can't really sleep that well, which kind of sucks a little bit. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, you know, the mind is definitely clear. The mind is definitely clear. But this happened to me this morning. Uh-oh. I woke up, no bullshit, at 4.30 this morning. And when I woke up at 4.30 this morning, the thought on my head was about the upcoming UFC schedule and the talk of oversaturation and what it means to be a UFC fighter. For years, I've heard people say, it doesn't mean as much when you say you're UFC caliber as it does, as it did, maybe say 2010, you know, before the Fox era, before everything started to, to blow up. Like at that time okay. when there were way less events, 
to say you were a UFC veteran, a UFC caliber fighter, used to mean a lot more because you know now there's so many more uh, options. Options. There's so many more people yep. in the UFC, right? And I know this is ridiculous that this is the first thought that was going through my head at 4.30 in this morning. So I, I don't know if I should be drinking more or less, to be honest <laughs> with you. Now, now people may know why I drink this much because otherwise this is what happens. But I had this thought, and I, I've heard this argument before, and I get it. You know, if there's 100 people on the roster versus 600 people on the roster, does it mean the same? And you know what? I think it's bullshit. I think to be a UFC fighter still means as much now or maybe even more than it did before. I get that it's not as rare. I get that there's more of it. You're right. There's more frequency. But, man, when we have been – we've had the opportunity to travel the globe covering the sport, right? And we've seen gyms from around the world. And even me, you know, now that my son – now that my son is in training, man, I'm in extreme couture or I'm in syndicate – you know, every day of the that. week. Is he still going He's between the two doing both. Ones? He's doing both. He's doing jiu-jitsu because he loves doing gi jiu-jitsu, and they offer him on different days. And so I'm in both those gyms every day of the week. And, you know, couple that with everything that we see around the world. You know, when you think about the number of people that are chasing this dream versus once were, like, you know, in 2010 – you didn't have hundreds and hundreds. I mean, I just I see the number of people chasing this dream, and I see the sacrifices that they make. And I think to make it to the UFC, I get it. It doesn't mean you're rich. I mean, look, I'm doing a job. You're doing a job that a lot of people would love to do. We ain't never going to be rich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By any stretch of the imagination. Right. But we've we've reached a, a nice level of our career, right? We've, we've reached a nice milestone. And I feel like... I mean, obviously the UFC is a bit different than that. Um, But I believe that, honestly, saying a UFC caliber fighter is not the same worthiness that it was in 2010, for instance. I think that's a bullshit argument. I get that there's more of them, but I think the sport has evolved so much. And I think there's so many people chasing this dream. And there's so many people trying to reach this high level. And the sport has evolved. I was talking with somebody the other day. I, I can't remember who it was, but we were talking... And it's not like this is some new thought. I mean, this is a thought that's been thrown. I mean, imagine if Hoist Gracie was in the UFC today, right? Like, Hoist Gracie would be garbage. He'd get right. smoked, you know? Uh, and that's no disrespect to Hoist Gracie. He is the, the icon that he is. Yeah. But I believe, to be honest with you, that a UFC caliber fighter, that term still means as much or more than it ever has. I agree. I agree. I think, if anything, uh, what's – you. Uh, great about the sport and great about the growth of sport and maybe the growth of outside organizations i think there used to always be the sort of the stigma you were if you were in the ufc you were great if you were in anything else you were in a lesser organization mm-hmm. and i think what we've realized that a lot of these other organizations even though production values maybe don't look the same there's still quality fighters in uh a lot of these organizations. Absolutely. So, but I still think that even though the roster is big and the roster seems to switch itself over, I think it'll always still mean something to be a UFC fighter because I think they've established themselves that they're not going to be bringing in people that, you know, outside of a, a random few freak events, 
they're going to be bringing and people no that disrespect, are. No uh, disrespect, but a CM yeah. Punk, and we understand right. why he was brought in, right. or you know, and even people making you know say you know that that have a certain threshold that they're able to come in and fight on a, a regional show, and I, when I, I regional is not the right word, a show in a smaller like market, like in China, where you're where you're trying yeah. to fill, you're trying to take sell you in need, China. You need to I have agree. a thing. So like, but to say that. It doesn't mean anything. I think I think it still does mean anything. I just think that right now that there's just so many other organizations. I think people are realizing that there's so much good stuff all around. Yes. So maybe people – I think if anything, that's in the fighters' benefit because they realize that even – there's only a limited amount of rosters at any of the organizations. They can maybe find their way to an organization if they're happy with their money they're making. There's nothing wrong with that. And then build up your numbers. And then if you want to maybe go to a UFC or that platform – Go for it. And if you can make it, that's something to be proud of. But if you're making a career and you're making a life and you're making a living for yourself in another organization, that's something to be proud of and be happy about as well. So, well, And I just think the, know, the, the argument that, 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 you know, the tier, like, that it doesn't mean as much. Like, you're not that quality of a fighter. I think that's garbage, man. Yeah. I think the, the, the quality of the sport, the quality of the training continues to increase, you yeah. know. And so, yes, is the bottom five or even 10% of the UFC roster – are they maybe not deserving of that? Or I shouldn't say deserving of that, but like if this was like a, a soccer system, like an English Premier League or something, does the bottom 5 or 10% deserve to be relegated so that 5 or 10% on the regional yeah. scene should be in there? Absolutely. That's, they seem Absolutely. to be doing that. But I that's mean, what happens. Yeah. That's the churn. That's right. the churn of the roster. And you're telling me in 2010 or, or previously you couldn't pick 5 or 10% of the roster that was maybe in a little over their heads at that right. point? Absolutely, I agree. I agree, and especially with new, like some of the new shows. Like we've always been big fans of, like the the Contender series, mm-hmm. things that sort. A lot of those fighters that we saw in that are absolutely just kicking much ass. That's it. The quality right now of the, the game is better than it's ever been. It's better than ever. Better than it's ever been. It's better than it's ever been. And I don't been. like that argument. You know, oh, there's so many people now. There's scr- no, dude. It keeps getting better because there's more people vying for the spots. And yes, yeah. there's a lot more spots. It's less rare. Right. Like it's it's not rare to see a UFC fighter in a grocery store in Las Vegas. You yeah. know what I mean? Like well, especially here. <laughs> that's why, well, especially here. But you I mean, know? you got to figure. Twenty five years the sport's been around. At least it's been televised and doing this sort of things. Now you have we're starting to see the kids that have been doing it, and your son's one of them. Mm-hmm. You're seeing kids that have been doing this as long as say some of these guys that grew up playing soccer, grew up playing football, grew up playing baseball. Now we're seeing the generation of the kids and the and that have done that. Martial arts has been their sport. Yep. So I mean, it's only going to get better. I mean, it's incredible. We're at such a unique time right now. I think we're really starting to see the 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 benefit, the fruits of the labor of all so, the guys that have went before. Like you said, you mentioned Hoist. We talked about BJ earlier. Guys like that. Bring them in right now. They're not going to have the same success because the the level of the guys that were able to study what these cats right. did and learn from it and then realize that, hey, I need to have this in my game. I need to have this in my game about being well-rounded. It's not about, oh, I'm just – I'm such a badass kickboxer. I'm just going to go in there and kick everybody's heads off. Like, that doesn't work anymore. Ryan Hall know? said it perfect the other night, right? right? Where he said, like, you know, don't don't talk bad about BJ. Don't say, like, we, we, we right. built on the shoulders of what he built. That's it. That's it, man. That's Ryan it. Hall I mean, said like, it perfectly. It's amazing. I mean, the, the level of the fighters that are going on, and that's why I say you can't you can't just ignore a lot of these organizations that are out there, the smaller scales, because these guys are working their ways up. It's just a matter of wherever you live. You can't 
a lot of times we're not lucky enough to choose where you were born or where you live. And you have to make the most. You know, I had to to find work that I was qualified and to find work that I needed. I had to leave town. And a lot of guys don't have that option. A lot of guys and gals don't have that. So they have to work with what they have and then hope and get that lucky break. And a lot of people never do. But it doesn't mean that they're not UFC caliber fighters. It's just they haven't got to the spotlight. So there's a lot of great fighters all over. And I think right now is, is such an amazing, unique time because you have people that have been doing it for 10 years, 15 years, which is just crazy. And they're getting so good. And it's exciting to watch. I mean, we see shit. I find an organization. I'll see something on uh, a highlight that somebody posts somewhere. And I'm like, holy cow, who is this guy? Why are they not in the UFC? They just can't possibly have everybody. But it doesn't mean that they're not caliber. And so, it, yeah, I mean, the roster is going to change. I mean, it's just a different time. I mean, when I used to – I remember when I worked for the UFC, I remember one day I stumbled into the hallway. They had a, a folder uh, a box on the top of a, um, a filing cabinet, and it was fighters that just recently got let go. And I remember seeing, like, Pat Berry's folder, and then there were some other fighters. Oh, wow. And I remember looking at it, and I was like – I love all these dudes. Like Pat Berry was always one of my favorite yeah. guys. But I was dude. just seeing this and I was like, holy shit, why are they letting go? And I didn't grasp the the concept that fighters are going to come and go. And even though they might be a favorite of a staff member or a favor of a fan, you got to make room for the new people coming up. And the, the, the gems, the people that are just so damn good and so unforgivable that you can't part ways, they're going to stick around. Yeah. But we're going to constantly see new people coming and going. And, you know, unfortunately now, that's why I think we see some of this. What gimmick does – how do you separate yourself? So, you know, some a lot of people when they're like at both X and Y are level 10 when it comes to the fighting. But X can certainly talk in front of that camera where – why I might be a little bit shyer. You're taking who, X all day. Who are we going to bring day. to the media events? Who are we going to put taking on our X promo, you know? So it's crazy, but uh, it's, it is, it is uh, you know, I know this was long-winded, but it is such an exciting time. But to, to think that uh, the caliber of the fighter, and I think anybody that's in the UFC should be happy and should be proud, but also you can't rest on your laurels because the, the new crew, crop – of fighters that are coming up is just unbelievable. That's it, that's unbelievable. It. That's it. All right. Well, that's what I was thinking about at 4.30 this morning, and I woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. And so CBD, dog. You got to get you some CBD. I, I tried to do – I'm on vacation. I tried to stay sober for a couple of days, and this Which is, is what good. happens. Is it I, good or bad? This is good. I mean, Is it good or bad? It is good. It is good because, I mean, there is a part of your body that's going to – that has to like shake it off i mean like it has to work it off so you just gotta work through the kinks all right you gotta work through the kinks well the kinks where i woke up at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> thinking about an mma debate in my head that's some crazy shit that's yeah. some crazy shit that's, i definitely don't have that. that that peels back the curtain on my brain which is jacked up uh one more change for vacation i changed my twitter and my instagram uh avatar today well i did notice it that. is now a blue shirt i figured what the hell you know yep. what? It's what people know me from, and uh, I think most people that listen to the show probably know by now, but in case you'd be one of those rare listeners that doesn't, uh, I wore a blue shirt many years ago just to a random UFC event. My wife sent me a picture of my son, who at the time I think was like a year and a half or two years old, uh, touching the TV uh, because you could see a picture of me on press row, uh, and I was wearing my blue shirt, and I said, you know what? From now on, I'll wear a blue shirt every fight night so that uh, Eli, uh, my son, 
knows where I am because I travel a lot. And uh, even on fight night, he'll be able to find me and know exactly where I am. And I never thought anybody would notice, uh, but then I also started noticing it's actually really bright on TV. <laughs> so, yeah. of course, people notice. But uh, anyway, it was it was a family thing. It started out as just a, a sweet little family thing, and then people started to notice it. And then uh, it's kind of become tradition. So I said, to hell with it. I'm just going to throw it out there as my avatar. I dig it. I dig it. I am, I do miss the other one. I still – because I was even just looking at the road show. We still have it as the banner for yeah. the Twitter, yeah, but yeah. – we have the uh, the newer uh, like highway shield for the, the which avatar. is nice, but maybe we need to bring back that old school. Original, I do like the old one. that dirty grimy. That that's why every time out. I saw your thing, I was just like, oh, roadshow. That's the roadshow. I know. I don't know. I guess maybe I'll, maybe I'll switch it back. It's a, cla- it's a classic one. Maybe we switch back to that one. Yeah. That we figured out on a muggy <laughs> April night, Miami, four years ago, getting eaten the fuck up by mosquitoes. Ah, uh, the humble beginnings of the MMA Roadshow. <laughs> and now we just have the humble continuation of the MMA Roadshow. Uh, I will say, uh, the fine folks at Nimrod Vodka who have shuffled over, I was going to say gear, that doesn't sound right, product, uh, even today, uh, have told me that they might have some tickets for me to give away in Brooklyn as well. Whoa. So uh, now we're not talking about dozens; we're talking about a handful. Uh, but I may have some tickets to the USC event in Brooklyn. So uh, hang tight, watch me on Twitter, watch. Uh, we'll figure out how we do that. I don't. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. I gotta confirm that I have them first of all. Yeah. But once I know that I have them, they might. They might listen and think that we don't do a great job talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold coffee that does a great job. I'm enjoying. They, I was going to say, they I'm certainly enjoying. don't give me tickets. I mean, this is a recipe dating back to the 16th century. It's an intriguing <laughs> blend of flavors, and it's uh, flavors. It's pure Ukrainian genius. I know. I, I, I am going to – I do want to research the chili peppers they use. I love chili peppers for some reason. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough. I have to leave. It's time for me to go spend time with the family and go back to my vacation. I have worked enough. Yes. I'll be back next week. We'll get it all. My man, Cold Coffee, will not be uh, traveling to Brooklyn, but I will be there. The young Mike Bond will be there as well. We'll find out who else is in town. We'll try to make it entertaining. Until then, thanks for listening.